You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning, I want to minister a message to you from ordinary to extraordinary. From ordinary to extraordinary. Everybody wants God to use them to do extraordinary things. Unfortunately, there are many CEOs, there are many MDs, there are many mothers, many fathers, but there are not many with a difference. Sometimes when we do things in the natural that seems very ordinary, it has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. It was David busy with an ordinary delivery of some sandwiches and cheese that produced an extraordinary deliverance. Just going there, busy with the assignment that God had given him, took him from being an ordinary boy looking after sheep. By the help of the Holy Spirit, he became a giant slayer. Many people come to church today. They'll come to church, they'll hear the message without understanding the truth of the message. Do you know why? Because their hearts are troubled. Many people have come to church today to hear a message, but they cannot understand the message the meaning of the message, because their hearts are troubled. That's why when we minister to people, it should be peace to their hearts. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants your heart to be at peace. When your heart is troubled, you don't have peace, you can understand the message. That's why we have to minister peace to people healing to people, deliverance to people, so that their hearts can be at peace, so that they can hear the message of God. Because when you allow the Word of God to become an integral part of you, by its very nature, it will change you. But for the Word of God to grow, it needs fertile soil. Fertile soil produces fertile people. Good soil produces good people. Think about a farmer. When there's good soil, good harvest, the animals will eat it, good and healthy animals. We eat the produce from the farm, now we're good and healthy. Good soil, good people. Without the Holy Spirit, you will not be able to grasp the message. Without the Holy Spirit, you'll not be able to grasp the message. When Jesus told the parable about the sower, the only heart that could receive and produce fruit was that heart that was ready to receive the Word of God. The clean heart, the pure heart. Not the hardened heart, not the offended heart. That's why when you come to church, the message should bring peace and hope.
Family, it's the Spirit of God that leads you to understand blessing, prosperity, victory. If you want to possess the promises in the promised land that God has got for you, you need a different spirit. You need a different attitude. Numbers 14 verse 24. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, a different attitude, because he served me with all his heart, he will inherit the promised land, not only he himself, but his descendants. That different attitude that you have is not just a blessing in your own life, but it will affect your children's lives as well. That's why you need a different spirit. Parents, your children are not going to do what you tell them to do. They're going to do what you do. If you're positive, they're going to be positive. If you have a different attitude in difficult times, they'll have a different attitude in difficult times. What was the difference? His spirit, his attitude. When you have Christ on the inside of you, everything changed. Sometimes, a positive attitude can seem very ordinary, but the effects in the spirit will be extraordinary. Turn to the person next to you, say, have a different spirit. Tell them again, say, have a different spirit. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Exodus 33. I'm here this morning to show you that you can move from ordinary to extraordinary. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. It seems ordinary to serve. It seems ordinary to want to be in the tabernacle. But it had an extraordinary effect upon Joshua's life. The Bible says here, the servant... When the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, increase our faith, what did Jesus say? Increase your faithfulness. Jesus said to the disciples, you want to be great? You should become servant of all of those around you. When Moses went out to speak to the people, they could see that he had been in God's presence. But Joshua remained in God's presence. Because it's there where we change in God's presence. The Holy Spirit, if you go to 2 Corinthians 3, when the veil is taken away and one turns to the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. 
And as we are beholding into a mirror, we are being changed from glory to glory by the Spirit. So time spent in God's presence is the very thing that will change your life. Who took Israel into the promised land? Joshua. The book of Acts chapter 4. The disciples of Jesus. Fishermen. Not trained to be Pharisees, to, to study the word of God further. But what did the people say? These were ordinary men, but they perceived that they had been in the presence of God. They said, we can see they've been with Jesus. If you want to move from ordinary to extraordinary, allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. Joshua was the one to take Israel, a type of the church, into the promised land. Joshua was a servant. Young people, when you are young, cultivate a culture, the habit of being in God's presence. Be in the tabernacle. Meet face to face. Joshua's desire was to be in God's presence. It's there where he received empowerment from on high. Turn with me to Joshua 1. Joshua and Caleb, they were filled and full of the presence of God. Only two that went into the promised land. For Joshua to fill the shoes of Moses, that was, it was huge. Remember, Moses was the one who met with God face to face. Spoke to God as like a friend. Joshua 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only... Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Amen. It seems very ordinary. The Lord speaking, say, arise, go. 
says, the promise is there of the promised land. It is yours. I've given it to you. But if you want to possess it, get up and go. Because every place where you put your feet down, that's what I'm going to give you. If you don't go and put your foot down, it's not yours. Turn to the person next to you and say, act faith. Tell them again, say, act faith. If you want that promise, you're going to have to do that ordinary thing. Put your foot down there. Take that step. Arise and go. He could be trapped looking at the past. I mean, when you look at this, twice in two verses, the Lord tells Joshua, it starts off by saying, after the death of Moses. I mean, that's the first thing that you read. You see the after the death of Moses. Then in verse 2, again, he starts by saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. He's not here anymore. But what I've promised, I'm still going to do. I'm going to be with you. Get up and go. Turn to the person that you say, act faith. Family, listen to me. The promised land has got giants. But the promise is, I'm going to be with you. And not one of those giants will be able to stand before you. That's the promise that God has given us. You have to make the decision to get up and go. What did he say? He says, listen here. I want you to observe and to do. Don't just talk about the promises. Too many Christians are talking about the promises that God has given them. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. And many of us, we sit and we wait for God to do it. But God is saying, get up and go. Can I have one amen? Am I talking to the right people here? Most charismatics would just sit on the side and say, well, God said he's going to give me the promised land, so I'm just going to wait here until he brings the promised land to me. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here this morning. He said to Joshua, go. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Go where I've told you to go. Family, some of you are going to have to start to act faith. There where you want the relationship to be restored, stop judging, stop condemning, stop pointing the finger. Anybody can criticize, but nothing has ever improved by anybody criticizing. Show the more excellent way. Start acting faith. Turn to the person that you say you're going to make it. Joshua was looking for something he already had. God said, because you wanted to be with me, I want to be with you. Because you had a desire to remain in the tabernacle in my presence, my presence now will be with you. If you want to do extraordinary things, start with the ordinaries. Jesus will always finish the good work that he has begun in your life. He will see you through. Family, listen to me. Many people will come to household of Christ 
because they cannot see beyond their troubles. They cannot see beyond their difficulties. As you enter into the promised land, don't focus upon the giants. When you focus upon the giants, they just become bigger and bigger. When you focus upon the high walls of Jericho, they just become higher and higher and thicker and thicker. If God has given you the promise, he's going to go with you. Take the first step. Turn to the person next to you and say, take the first step. Do you know what it's really all about? If you take the first step, when you give Jesus the proper place in your heart, then everything starts to change. You have to give Jesus the proper place. Stop talking about the promises and start possessing the promised land. Get up and go. When you have peace in your heart, everything will change. God needs your willingness to manifest his ability in you and through you. Needs your willingness to turn that impossibility into a possibility. Go read there how many times he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. At one point he said, okay, forget about everything, only be strong and courageous. Sometimes you're going to have to step out and be strong and courageous. That which seems ordinary to prepare your heart will have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. It's an ordinary confession with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he died and that God raised him from the dead, believing with your heart that produces the righteousness of God in your heart. God looks at your heart. When you say, I'm committed, God looks at your heart if you're really committed. When you say, I love you, Lord, it's not the words that you're it's looking in your heart, do you really love him? When you say you're going to help somebody, I'm going to help you, I'm there for you, God sees in your heart if you're really doing that. Joshua's heart was active. His heart was strong. He could step out in faith. Why? Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Meditate. Keep the word in your mouth. The promises that God has given you, are you confessing them? 
when you look at the Word of God, meditate upon the Word of God, act upon the Word of God, it makes you strong, makes you alert, makes you active. This is the kingdom way to confess with your mouth. Not just to confess it, but observe to do. Then you'll make your ways prosperous. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's hope for me. When we serve God, we serve God with our hearts, not with our minds. The faith that you need comes from the regenerated spirit. When God made your spirit alive, that's the fruit, faith. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The question we have to ask ourselves, do I really confess? Or do I really believe that which I'm confessing? Psalm 15 says, Who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly. He who works righteousness. He who speaks the truth in his heart. Christianity is all about the heart. You may confess something with your mouth, but God looks at your heart. Wow. When somebody is fully convinced, the Bible says, we believe, therefore we speak. You'll see somebody going through a tough time, difficulties, challenges, but they believe that God is faithful. They believe God will see them through. And they are thanking God. They are praising God. Because they know tomorrow things will change. That's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Confessed our God is our deliverer. While the fire was being heated up and heated up and heated up. Has the heat in your furnace been going up and up and up and up? What's your confession been? Have you been looking with your natural eyes at your situation? God wants to do something extraordinary in your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to make it. You know, Abraham, the Bible teaches us in Romans 4, Abraham, the things that were not there that you couldn't see, he started calling those things into existence. Giving glory to God, giving thanks to God. His son that he could not see with his natural eyes, he started thanking God, giving glory to God. That ordinary confession produced the extraordinary. The ordinary things that you are doing right now, remain faithful in it because God will take you from glory to glory and from strength to strength. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready to go from ordinary to extraordinary. I want to encourage those that have been faithfully giving their tithes. The Bible says it seems like very ordinary, but when you do that, God becomes your protection. He rebukes the devourer. 
says, I will open the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing on you that it will not be enough to contain it, to hold it. Ordinary things that we do, secrets that God has given us. Let me tell you one secret, even in my own life. When I have needs that need to be met, like many of you right now, I go and look and see where's a need that I can meet. Because that which you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. God said to Joshua, arise and go. Start to act faith. Sometimes when we do things that seem very ordinary, it has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Genesis 19.22, Jesus said, hurry up, or the word of God says, hurry up. I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Oftentimes, God is waiting for us to get to the place where we must be so that we can do what he wants to do. Take that step. When you take that step, it's the lamp of God, the word of God that's moving with you that will show you what is the next step. Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 5. I'm going to close with this. I love Peter. Peter gives all Christians hope because he messed up so many times yet he finished strong. Amen? Let me see your hand if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Luke chapter 5 verse 1. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Family, I want you to see here Peter... The very thing that had to produce fruit, a harvest, was being cleaned. The nets were being cleaned because the boat was empty. No fish in the boat. But even though the boat had not produced what it was supposed to produce, when Jesus wanted to step in, Peter said, it's fine. Talk to the people. We're going on here. Turn to the person next to you and say, Ordinary. Seems ordinary just to say, Jesus, come into my boat. Seems ordinary to think, yeah, the second-hand, next-to-nothing boat hasn't done anything it's supposed to do. Maybe you can just use it. Have you got such things like that in your life that you think, like, supposed to produce something and there's nothing? <laughs> let me see your hand if I'm talking to the... That's the time to just let Jesus get into that boat. Amen? Say, so Jesus, get into the boat. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. What did Jesus say? Peter, thank you. You've allowed me to preach the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God, the goodness of God. Now I'm going to add all those things unto you. Go. Take that boat out. Cast your nets out. There's a harvest coming. Family, not only that, from ordinary to extraordinary. That one encounter. Who had the revelation that Jesus was the Christ? 
Who is the one whose shadows started healing people? Peter. Ordinary to extraordinary. Affecting our lives even today. But Peter, when you go read the book of Peter, he said, listen here. Even if God starts using you and he, say, he tells you that he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. When your shadow starts healing people, when you know that Jesus is the Christ, here's the key. If you want to keep doing extraordinary things, remain humble because God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. It was Abraham who just started confessing ordinary confession that produced something extraordinary in his life. The woman with the issue of blood, an ordinary touch to the garment of Jesus, produced healing in her life, something extraordinary. It was the widow with the two mites, the woman with the alabaster jar, from ordinary to extraordinary. A matter of fact, those standing around criticized Oh, only two cents. Oh, shouldn't this be sold and given to the poor? Jesus said, you don't know what you're busy with. You think it's ordinary. I'm going to do something extraordinary in their lives. Gideon, 300 men bowing the knee, ordinary. God giving them a victory. Friendships, Jonathan. Jonathan didn't just see the friendship with David as ordinary. So it is a covenant friendship, loyalty, commitment, sacrifice, a key destiny relationship. Nehemiah, ordinary man, becomes a temple builder. David, one thing I've desired of the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. How precious it is for me, Lord, to be in your house your dwelling place. Who became the giant slayer? David. Who had the desire in his heart to build God a house that we can have the Davidic covenant today that if you build God's house, he will build your house. Turn to the person next to you say, from ordinary to extraordinary. I want to close with this. Anybody can go from ordinary to extraordinary. When we look at the life of Joshua, he was the servant of Moses, the assistant of Moses. But he had a desire to be in God's presence. It's there where God touched and changed his life. All these men and women, Esther, for such a time as this, from ordinary to extraordinary, don't say I'm too young. The message to us, stop just talking about the promises and be a doer of the word. When you become a doer of the word, the promise that God has given you, it's not changed. God is expecting us to get up now and to walk in what he has promised us. To know that God is with us the same way he was with Moses, the same way he was with Joshua, the same way he's going to be with you and me. When we just go and we're obedient like a David, just taking those sandwiches, 
taking the cheese, that delivery, God can turn it into an extraordinary deliverance. People are waiting on the other side of your ordinary faithfulness. God working in you, with you, and through you. The giants that you are facing, you have a friend in the Holy Spirit, but you're going to have to take that first step. As you take that step, you'll see what God will do in you, with you, and through you. Seal our precious Father, we thank you that you use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Help us, O oh Lord, to have a different spirit like a Joshua and a Caleb, O oh Lord. Grant unto us that desire in our hearts to be in your presence. Grant unto us faithful hearts to serve you, O oh Lord, with everything. And we thank you for that. We bless you for that. Help us, O oh Lord, as we do ordinary things from a natural point of view that it will have an extraordinary effect in the spirit to change many people's lives in Jesus' mighty name. Use us as instruments of grace. Use us as instruments of mercy, instruments of favor, O oh Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Grant unto us the kind of faith you need to meet all our needs. Grant unto us the kind of faith you need for us to go into the promised land and to possess the promises that you have given us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. I want every person to put their right hand on their heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. If you've prayed that prayer with humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. You are linked up with God. Amen. Don't talk about your past. If you're going to talk about the past, mention it when it's going to glorify the name of Jesus. Apart from that, focus upon your future, the good things that God has planned for you. Amen. If I can encourage you, find a living church. Get involved in that church and serve God like never before. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.